What's up, guys? Welcome to Triple Threat Talks. My name is Jen. This is Chris. You already know what the fuck it is. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about Burger Boy and the Anna Walsh case. And one thing I would love to talk about is the gag order, the higher order gag order. So a lot of people, there was two different gag orders that were, that were put out, right? Yeah. So the first one was basically saying anybody directly involved in this case right now, currently don't talk about it. Sure. Understandable. But then they put out a second gag order saying anybody that has ever been involved in the case, including victims' families. So two things that point out to me when we talk about that is number one, in Pennsylvania, he had that defense attorney that was speaking for him and he did multiple interviews. He did. He talked a lot. He did. So it's like, is it because of him or is it because Kaylee's family started doing more interviews, but they started bringing their lawyer present or is it because of both? I kind of feel like it's a defense tactic, Mm -hmm. you know, and I do think the judge is making the right decision, not letting them talk because the media will go crazy with it. Social media will go crazy with it. And the problem with it is he's going to have a jury trial. Yep. We don't want the jurors to know, you know, we don't want them to have bias. Like that's the whole point. We want them to hear a fair and clear trial. Mm-hmm. And I know we were talking about this earlier, but a really good example, you brought up one and I brought up one, two really good examples of cases where the person of interest had an unbelievable amount of evidence against them that became a media circus where everybody was talking and there was no gag order in both cases. They were found innocent not guilty. And that's Casey Anthony and OJ Simpson, right? Uh, we, and we know that they did it. Like it's, it, it was just insurmountable, but they were still found innocent. And that could definitely have been from the constant chatter, the constant media, you know, because it goes both ways. I would actually love to get number one, my mom on and talk about the insurance standpoint of what would they do with the house? Like nobody is going to rent that house out again. They need to demolish it. They need to demolish it. Mm -hmm. And so what would that do like insurance wise? And then if we can get your um, mother-in-law on and maybe talk about like the whole jury standpoint, how could they find a fair trial with the jury? Also, a lot of people were saying about the sealed search warrant. They're like, oh, it's sealed. Like, that's so crazy. It's so crazy. But that's a really big thing that they're starting to do that I've noticed in a lot of cases. They're starting to seal the document. I just Mm -hmm. didn't know it was going to become unsealed this soon. I'm still surprised by that. I don't understand what the motive behind that was in particular. Uh, Me neither. Because it was like everything was so tight-lipped and then literally they were like, boom, here's everything. Mm -hmm. It's like this whole case has been so confusing. It just, nothing has a rhyme or reason in this case. Like there's no structure. I'm sure there is obviously behind the scenes. These people know what they're doing, but media wise, it's it's just so random. I do feel a very weird type of way about a few things, but one thing that I'll mention right now is I feel very weird about the police department. Which because the Musco Police Department, I genuinely do feel like 
Is there anything to hide? Why are things so hush-hush? Why say we don't want social media talking about this? I mean, you should want that I to be on it. I would. Yes. If it was my child, are you kidding me? Like, I would yell it to the freaking rooftops. I mean, it's been like an ongoing thing for a very long time. But Reddit and TikTok can pretty much solve anything mm-hmm. if you just give them the info. You know, I personally, I would, if I go missing, every bitch on the internet, I want them to know. <laughs> I want them looking for me and trying to figure it out. That's just my Point opinion. your finger at everybody. If you go yeah. missing, point the finger at me too. Like, I'll prove my innocence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I get it in hindsight because in hindsight, they obviously already knew a lot. And they were holding Mm -hmm. back a lot of information. But it's like, if you're holding back this huge amount of information, why not just be tight-lipped from the very beginning, like Mm -hmm. completely and say, we're not giving out any information, period. Not, you know, allowing victims' families to go speak. And the Moscow police, sorry, he had the police chief had a lot to say. He was always in front of the camera. He always had something to say. And I personally believe that he himself added a bit of confusion to the case with a lot of his press conferences. Why did they come out and say that both of the roommates were on the first floor? They said a lot of things that have ended up being, you know, untrue or redacted. That is going to hurt the case. It It is it very strange. Mm-hmm. It, it really will. And, you know, as far as the roommates, like, I feel a lot of different types of way about the roommates. I don't. I really don't. I feel, I don't know how you feel. Don't laugh. <laughs> I can't. Like, I'm just like, fuck, because I know that we, you and I are about to, like, We're go back and... it out. No. I can't say a fucking thing about this case without people. You should have seen the comments on the two videos that I posted that I ended up taking down. You're so disrespectful. I'm like, I'm not disrespectful because I'm doubting the police. That doesn't make me disrespectful. It makes me a logical thinking human. You have to have empathy. I have empathy, but I'm not going to fully believe like the police on everything that they say and do. Like our justice justice system is so fucked. (laughs) It is. We're going into that. (laughs) What are your opinions? opinions? (sighs) Where do we start? I mean, the roommates. Uh, well, yeah, but like, where do we, I mean, okay, so they've already had so many people called to complain about them with like loud parties or whatever, but they were all inside, right? They were always, always inside. Um, And when the police pulled up, you couldn't really hear the party outside from their body cam footage, but you could hear them talking back and forth. They didn't know the pl- that the police would be there. Like they had the police knock on the door and then they had these 20 something year olds answer the door of course, being like, oh, let me go like find somebody that lives in the house. And they come out and say, oh, you know, nobody that um, lives here is here right now. So if they find Coburgers or Burger Boys, I should say Burger Boys, I'm so sorry, his uh, DNA anywhere inside the house, it's going to have to be so on the money because mm-hmm. they've had so many people inside of that goddamn house that they can't say, oh, he touched the door, he did this, he did that, because who are any of the roommates 
that are able to actually speak up say that this person has never been here. They've never been inside of our house because the roommates were inside of that house. And to me, were there and they were drinking or they were doing XYZ that they were not supposed to be doing and they knew they were going to get convicted of a crime if they went outside and talked to the police. They didn't want to go to jail. So they got people that were of age to go answer the door and say, yeah, like we're having a party, but nobody that lives here is here. And then Maddie answers the phone when they give them her phone number. That's Mm going to be used against them. But Neighbors are calling the cops because they're hearing these loud noises and, you know, a party going on and X, Y, Z. And I understand that. But you're not going to tell me if the roommates are in the goddamn house that they're not going to hear like screaming and crying and like people, four different people getting murdered. Well, I mean, if they were, I have a lot to say. So I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, of what you said. We spoke about this in live before that if Burger Boy is as maniacal as we think he is and calculated as we think he might be, it is totally possible that he did enter that house long before the murders occurred. Right. Just to get the layout, to walk around, and probably could have done so totally unnoticed. We will never know. I think it's entirely plausible that he did enter that home. I also think it is plausible that he himself made a lot of those calls, disturbance calls. But the only thing is, is that you're supposed to give, like, when you do, like, a disturbance call, they're like, what's your name? Where do you live? What's your You don't phone have number? to. You don't have to. You're never obligated to give your information over the phone. You can always make anonymous calls. But, you know, because all you have to do is hang up, you know. But right. I think maybe, yeah, like when they were coming to the house, could that be used against them? Not really, though. I don't think it could because if if the defense was to say, well, they were drinking underage, doing this or that, whatever, they wouldn't come to the door, so they never really had any control over the house, that doesn't really mean anything because that still doesn't make a difference as to whether or not he was there in the house that night. But if they don't have evidence of him, like, directly doing that. I think they do, though. I do think they do now. When I saw the unsealed warrant. This is where we really differ in opinion. A lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about the two surviving roommates because they were in there that night. Had to have heard something. You know, there was a lot of false information going around. The supposed recording of Ethan screaming and the attack you know, on the ring doorbell, which totally debunked. My husband does access control and CCTV for a living and saw that and immediately said, there's no way in hell anybody's outdoor camera or ring doorbell or anything is going to hear that much happening inside of a house, even with the door open, not going to happen. And I believe that. I believe that. But here's the thing. You're young, right? Put yourself in that place. You're young. You're a literal child, right? Actually, you're thinking, what am I hearing? Right. And I, and I hope saying child is not offensive. But when I think of myself at their age, I, was no, a kid. I, I do, too. I, was a kid. I, I was mean, a kid. I'm like, God, right. I was you, we, you were a kid when you were that age. Right. You I feel like they were probably Dylan specifically not really sure what she was hearing. Was she just hearing an argument? Was it just some random frat boy like fighting with one of the girls? 
was it a break-in? In which case I need to stay in my room. She goes to the door multiple times to try to see what's going on. She's obviously scared. That's why she's shutting the door. She could have been in that situation where she's like, I don't want to call the police and make like a big deal if it's nothing. Right. Like, you don't want to call I'm the not, police and like yeah, tell on somebody. Like, right. And like make this huge thing if it's nothing and get in my roommate's business because I'm not 100% sure what's going on. So then I think when she opens the door and sees him walking toward her is probably when she realized, but still was not sure. Okay. Something really bad happened. I think she was terrified, but she admitted shuts the door. Who knows what she did? Everybody's like, oh, she just went to bed. Nobody has a fucking clue what she did when she shut that door. She might not have gone to bed. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. She could have sat in there in the fetal position, terrified. Nobody knows what she did. So that's where I get confused. It's because they said between D and B, their phones, they were able to find out like a phone log between their two phones, how they knew when these murders happened and when they ended. They were able to get a timeline from that. What was happening between their two phones? Maybe they were texting each other. Maybe D was texting B and saying, are you awake? Are you hearing this? What do you think's going on? Should we do something? Like, I'm scared. I highly doubt they were just down there. Oh my God, ha ha ha. Like something absolutely right. traumatic is happening. Let's just text each other what the fuck's up. Like they were right. obviously trying to figure out a plan and scared because seriously, if I was in a house and I was in the basement level hearing something horrible happening above me, I'm not going to be Billy Badass and like run outside and be like, what's going on? You know, like you're not going to do that, especially if you're young. You're going right. to sit in your room and be like, I don't know what to do. I've never been in this situation and I don't know how to react so do you think that d she was on the second floor so she was like right next door to where x and e were Mm -hmm. zana and ethan were do you think that she because in the affidavit they said she originally fell asleep on the second floor she saw him i think that that could either be conveyed as a she originally was on the second floor and she saw him and then after that she went down to the first floor and Very that's likely. why they said she was on the first floor. Very likely. And that's why.